from City, Kelly Swit. First, some supporters to thank, and thank you for listening. This episode is supported by the AIIA Network. The AI and Intelligent Automation Network is an online community focused on building the intelligent enterprise. Content covers a broad range of issues, including digital disruption and transformation, task and robotic process automation, augmented intelligence, machine learning, and cognitive computing. Our goal is to help businesses apply these technologies and build the intelligent enterprise of the future. Go to AIIA.net to join. This episode is all supported by RPA and AI Week 2017. The world decision makers and doers in process excellence and shared services meet in London this November to collaborate on the direction of task automation and augmented intelligence, share best practice, and discover strategies, tactics, and initiatives which industry leaders are already implementing for business success. 2017 is our second year of bringing this growing and exciting industry together. Go to rpaandaisummit.com for more. Recorded at Intelligent Automation in Chicago, Kelly Swit joins us as a native Chicagoan who was always a bit of an activist. She's been told that her nickname is Mako Shark due to the fact that she's always moving. Kelly was running the Six Sigma Lean Group for City, of course, consistently looking at how to improve operations. She had done some automation work at both Bank of America and HSBC, and she spent the past four years selling automation as a concept internally. The team began by focusing on data quality and analytics in order to drive more process improvement. That gave the team runway for management to have buy-in. And finally, last year, with no stones left unturned, Kelly and the team dove in on true intelligent automation. Welcome to the AI and Intelligent Automation Network on B2B IQ. I'm your host, Seth Adler. Download episodes on AIIA.net or through our app in iTunes within the iTunes podcast app in Google Play or wherever you currently get your podcasts. Kelly Swift, you were on a panel yep. here at Intelligent Automation Chicago 2017, and it's because you have something to say in that area, yeah. but the Chicago part is you're born and raised here. Right, absolutely. Yep. Huh. Born and raised, lived here my whole life. You're I suburban, in, though. Yeah, I'm a suburbanite, so uh-huh. I live in the west suburbs now, uh-huh. but yes. Does this make you a Cubs or White Sox fan, I guess I should ask uh, you? You're either born with blue in your veins yeah. or black in your veins, and right. I have blue in my veins. You do. I am a Cubs fan. You do. You are. Yes. You don't remember Leon Durham playing first base. No, I probably do not remember that. You my know grandmother who, probably does. That. Well, no. People younger than your grandmother remember. <laughs> Ryan Sandberg, you know, oh, yeah, you yeah. know who that is. Yeah. Everyone right. knows who Ryan Sandberg is. Rhino, I think, yes. is affectionately what they call yes. him. Right? Mark Grace and Sammy Sosa there and all you the go. rest of them. Yep. There you go. Baseball has been very good to Sammy Sosa, is what he has told us <laughs> in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would I would say time has not been very good to Sammy Sosa if you see some recent yeah, pictures. He's got an interesting <laughs> look going on, which yeah. is a whole thing. Do yeah. you remember Michael though playing for the Bulls? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's where yeah. we kind of come into things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if uh, young Kelly is watching Michael play basketball, what else is she doing? What were your interests as a youngster? Um. So when I was, I mean, I think I've always kind of been more a little bit of an activist, uh-huh. uh, really humorous, but yes, uh, was always really involved in things around, um, you know, the environment and whatnot. And um, um, I did a lot of singing and dancing, cheerleading, you know, uh-huh. the, the typical things that you tend to think um, 
um, girls do. All so. right, so the cheerleading, that's fine, wonderful, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. The singing and dancing, was yeah. there an acting thing that was there or no? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think everyone tries that in high school, right? Like, there's Not everybody. Musicals. I did, oh. but not everybody. Yeah, well, yeah. I did. I think everyone, <laughs> like, at least where I went to school, yeah. um, everyone wanted to be in the musical theater. So, yeah, I did a little bit of that as got well. Got it, got it. Yeah. You, was there a favorite part? Did you rise to uh, have a... A lot of lines, or were you more singing and dancing in the kind of background? I type was deal? always in the chorus. Gotcha. Was Let's never just, a lead. I'm just doing always yeah. a bridesmaid. Yes, going. exactly. <laughs> but that's okay. It's because I knew that was more of a hobby than a passion. So okay, and, but you said activist. What what causes called you? Um, so I would say social justice is always a big one for yeah. me. So even now, I'm very involved um, out in the west suburbs where I live, mm. um, Aurora area, with. Um, you know, just the, the level of poverty and helping people find ways to move out of poverty um, and doing that through the schools. Um, everyone knows the more you're educated, the more you understand, mm -hmm. the more likely you are to kind of succeed in life. So um, so I think that's always kind of been something that I've had. Yeah. Um, even as a, a kid, was always doing work with Habitat for Humanity or, you know, the environmental groups and whatnot. And yeah. that's just always kind of carried with me um, even now. You're a doer. Yeah. <laughs> you're a communicator. Yeah. And you're a busybody. I am. Actually, my team, I was told um, on Monday that their nickname for me is the Mako Shark because I'm always moving. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, yeah. but sharks, yeah. if they stop moving, they actually sink. Yeah, they'll die, I think is what I've heard. Right. So right. that's, yeah. you know, they're like, that's you, Kelly. Like, you can't have any downtime. So this is a perfect person to go ahead and throw into intelligent automation. Right, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Just quickly before we get there, though, yeah. you said Aurora, which yeah. is, of course, where Wayne from Wayne's World is Oh, from. yeah, Wayne's World, 25th anniversary this year. <laughs> yeah, they had, like, an air guitar, like, um, uh, competition and everything yeah. this summer. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you were the perfect age for that to happen to the zeitgeist, right? Were you yeah. proud that he was a uh, hometown son type of thing? Or? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I think anyone, when you grow up, um, for me, like growing up outside of Chicago, I think anytime you see a movie or there's any type of excitement yeah. around something that you know, then for you feel a lot of pride and excitement yourself. Absolutely. So. All right. So good. Uh, that's uh, party time. Excellent. Yes. I think is officially what that is. Yes, exactly. Uh, so here's the Mako Shark, yeah. right? And she works at City. Yep. And she says to someone, or someone says to her, okay, there's this automation thing we got to be doing it. Yeah. How did it all happen? Um, I said it to them. Oh, you did? Yes. All right. What was your position at the time? Uh, so I ran uh, the Six Sigma Lean group. Oh, so you're one of them. Yes, I'm one of them. All right. Yeah. Do you have a belt? <laughs> yeah. You yes. have a black belt? Are you, no. You don't? No, I don't have a black belt. All it's right. just a green. You're just a green belt, but yeah. again, you can communicate. You're a Mako yeah. shark, so it's fine. Yes. Kelly can handle yes. this. Well, I realized, like, after you go through the first certification, I'm like, so let me get this straight. You're just going to teach me to use more spreadsheets? <laughs> I don't know if it's really worth my time or money to get another certification when, at the end of the day, they care more about who I am than, you know, how well I can fill out a spreadsheet. So. I love it. So I never went and did the, the black belt. I don't need that brand association is yeah, essentially what we're saying. Pretty much. All right. So in continuous improvement, in lean, in Six Sigma, yeah. what were you doing for the organization? Uh, so with the organization, we're always looking at like operations, how to move our operations mm -hmm. to like kind of the next gen for our business. And um, actually when I was hired 
at City five years ago, I thought I was hired to do some automation work because uh, that's what I had done at Bank of America. That's what I had done at HSBC. Uh -huh. And I, I recognized that um, when I joined City, um, our culture just wasn't quite ready. Uh -huh. So I've basically spent um, four years just kind of chipping away at it and getting people to be more comfortable with there is a way for systems to kind of do the things that we've kind of always manually done. Um, and I, I think that just um, the buzz in the industry mm -hmm. um, and in the media about just automation in general and this you know, financial services being a vertical mm -hmm. that could benefit from it kind of drove the executives to finally say, okay, we're ready, we wanna listen, we wanna understand how would we do this? Okay. Let's go back to HSBC was before Bank of America? Yeah. Okay. When you say automation, yeah. roughly what year was it, and yeah. what was the actual thing you were doing in automation? Yeah, so um, I uh, left HSBC in 2006. Okay. So this was... Over a decade ago. Yeah, 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 a long time ago. Yeah. Um, it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> and, it, and it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what we were doing then was looking at end-to-end um, -end kind of the mortgage business. Okay. And um, taking the, the whole um, loan process from the start of a customer filling out an application through fulfillment of the loan and and taking that paperless. Uh -huh. And so when you think about um, taking a business paperless, um, you know, back then we were still using fax machines and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, you dinosaur, Kelly. I know, right? Um, <laughs> it's crazy because we're still using fax machines uh, in 2017. I feel um, like don't tell us that now, I know, right? but whatever. Um, yeah, but I mean, the journey really was, you know, you had 1,400 branches across the country mm -hmm. And they were doing everything on paper, faxing it in. Someone has to capture the paper, right? And then um, make a manual decision for underwriting. And um, we leveraged um, a number of technologies back then in order to end-to-end -end automate the process. Yeah. And um, I think the most fun I had out of it was, like, literally ripping the fax machines out <laughs> of the offices because it forced people yes. to change. Um, but uh, I think that's the reason why I've kind of known that this was just a matter of time. Yeah. Because if we could do this, you know, over 10 years ago, there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't all be doing it now. Totally understood. As far as the technology is concerned, yeah. not necessarily sharing the vendors, but the category of vendor, mm -hmm. what were you putting in to make this thing go as far as the technology? Um, we were using uh, business process automation software then. Fine. Um, and um, I, I mean, if you think about just the, the way you automate in general is around data. Uh-huh. Um, and so we brought in um, a number of like imaging systems, which imaging systems are really the way you take paper and describe it into metadata. Mm -hmm. So we were leveraging technologies like that uh -huh. uh, back then. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, it was kind of really the start of a lot of what people are doing today. Got it. And ripping the fax machines out of the offices. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? Oh, yeah. Okay, so some similar to that. I feel like a Bob. Like, you know, <laughs> what do you think you do in an average What day? is it, would yeah. you say, that you, you do here? Exactly. I'm a people person. So. Well, they yeah. also beat up a fax machine. Is, I exactly. Guess. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's what you were trying to get at, is yeah. the, like taking the fax machine in the field and beating it. Yes. But uh, yeah. I think the Bobs is a better point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So now let's move to Bank of America. We yeah. did that at HSBC. Yep. What automation did we do? And by the way, we're inside and outside, so we hear the 
fabled uh, Chicago Fire Department behind us yeah. doing their job. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so when I went to Bank of America, um, we spent a lot of time, um, or I spent a lot of time working on mergers and acquisitions. Uh -huh. Bank of America made it their business to buy other banks. Sure. Um, and so I was in the group that was always working on um, the mergering of those two banks. And so uh, the work that um, most aligns to um, the intelligent automation was um, the build out of a lot of, um, we did a lot of decision engines there uh -huh. in order to drive um, referral traffic, you know, so you're a customer of mm -hmm. the retail bank, but you have a business, so we want to refer you over to the commercial bank, so mm -hmm. that way we could try to, as a bank, make more money. Sure. Uh, so doing work with um, complex event processing engines or decision engines, mm -hmm. um, then around doing some of um, that type of work. Mm -hmm. uh, we did dabble in some of the um, workflows as well, um, and had some, you know, uh, some early stage big data uh, solutions that were brought in in order to help with um, some of the challenges with the mortgage crisis that took place, you know, with our economy. Sure, heard about um, it. Yeah. yeah, so to me, like the, the evolution of moving from HSBC into Bank of America, it was just kind of like um, tearing up the next level of um, the technology yeah. uh, from what I did there to what I did at Bank of America. So then you go move on to City. Yeah. As soon as you get there, you realize, oh, my mindset is ahead of where the corporate mindset is. Correct, yeah. So you realize, okay, fine, all this is a culture play anyway, yeah. Where we and then we add the technology. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and start on the culture right now. Right. <laughs> so yeah. when you did that, what were the things, what were the kind of, you know, almost principles that yeah. you engaged in with the workforce, with upper management to kind of get everybody ready for when you could kind of hit them with it type of thing. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna say I was completely successful. Okay. There was definitely, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of learnings, I would say, um, prior to us like being able to start this journey. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you, it's really hard at times when you see the potential that an organization has. Right. Um, but they're not willing to accept that potential for you to kind of, you know, stay true to yourself um, and the work that you want to do, but meet the needs that they're asking you to meet. Sure. So I would say that um, my team uh, started to focus more on um, data quality uh -huh. and analytics. Great. In order to drive more process improvements, if you will. Yeah. So less systemic solutions, uh, more you know organizational change management, um, and that gave us enough runway for them to have buy-in because we delivered value for them mm -hmm. for them to just like slowly chip away at like okay let's 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 test the waters again and let's try this and so every year i'd always do a big pitch with like what we should be doing and um you know every year it was kind of like put on the back burner mm -hmm. and um i think we finally got to kind of like the break point last year where it was all right We've done everything else. There's yeah. like, there's no stone left unturned. Um, if we're going to do anything else to transform our business, this is probably the, the next step we need to take. How much was that actually a blessing that they weren't ready and so you had to go ahead and clean up the data yeah. before you could start with this whole thing? Well, I think there was a number of blessings. It was not just like the cleanup of the data or having a better understanding of the environment, uh -huh. but it was also having the time to kind of build my team sure. and feel like I had 
people that worked for me that could actually do this. Yeah. If I, if they had really said yes when I walked in the door, it would have been me and one other person, mm-hmm. and we would have failed. Okay. You, we, now, why do you say that you would have failed? I am looking at the Mako Shark. Yeah. I do not believe yeah. that that's actually the case. Yeah. What you're saying is maybe you would have failed at the scale that you're at now simply because you didn't have, have the resources? Yeah, we would have failed at the scale that we have now. Right. Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, um, when you think about the culture of an organization, cities, um, culture, we, we are we are afraid of failure, uh-huh. right? So, um, or I, I shouldn't say all of us. No, right? no, no. But there are communities that are, and when you're new and you're an, an outsider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't have quite the latitude to have the level of failures as someone that's been around. Who's so, this new one with all the new ideas over here? Exactly. That's yeah. pretty much it. Like, she thinks she knows how to run our business. We'll <laughs> show her. Right. Yeah. So, that, yeah. Which is, by the way, any company yeah, of any size absolutely. anywhere on earth. Absolutely. I mean, I do it too, right? There's <laughs> yeah. external people or external teams inside a city that will come in and be like, we're going to go and look at this because we know how to fix your business. I'm like, all right, you do that. You let me know how that works out for you. Good luck, bro. Yeah. So so I get it. And I, I, I think at the time I didn't really appreciate it because, you know, it's, well, you hired me because I have these skills. So mm. you assume like you kind of have this like, you know, I don't know. Uh, people are bought into you because, well, you hired you and you're so smart, right? Like from day one, you just believe everything I say. Yeah. And um, I think that that was probably the real recognition I had here at City was, you know, everyone's different and people need time. And um, you can't expect everyone to be at the same place on the journey as you. And you need to stop and give them the time that they need. And so, yeah. And so you did. Yeah. Which brought you to the starting line when then you were all at the same place at the same time. They say go. Yeah. Then what'd you do? Yeah. Well, I still don't think we have everyone there. I gotcha. But um, we have enough people there that they say go. Uh huh. Um, and that was one of those where it was, uh, oh wow, they finally said go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, so, you know, I think what I would say is that um, you have to, you're going to have to plan. Mm-hmm. And we spent um, six months planning mm-hmm. before we even started anything. Okay. And that's after they said go. Yes. So you had spent now years planning. Yep. And then another six months planning. Correct. What was this new planning that we were planning? Uh, This was truly like they say, yes, like, let's go ahead and try this. It Mm -hmm. was all the financial validation to, like, true up our assumptions, uh, setting up the team, Mm -hmm. working on the contracts Mm -hmm. uh, with all of the vendors, Mm -hmm. um, determining, like, how are we going to really go and execute this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say even now, um, after we've had some time behind um, behind us, um, there's still things we probably could have planned then that sure. we we didn't know. Right. But now that we know, we're like, ah, those are things we, we could have always planned more, right? Um, but the challenge is um, communicating with executives that always kind of like in hindsight, right? Yeah. They have the gift of hindsight. Sure, and, which is well, 2020. Why didn't you do? Yeah. Why didn't you plan for that? Yeah. And it's like, you're right. Now that good I point. know what I know, I would have planned for that, but I didn't know it then. There you go. These this, these are good points, boss. Yes. I'm with you. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. Indeed. Yeah. So you uh, plan for six months. Yep. Before the proof of concept. Yep. And what was the proof of concept? What did you choose? How did it go? All yeah. of that. So um, 
We don't call things proof of concept. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, what do you call them? Proof of concept tends to mean it's a test. We could decide we're not going to use it when right. we're done. Yes. And um, probably many people the, do use that, right? I know. Yeah. I know. Fair enough. Yeah. What do you, what do we say? Um, we're just doing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the proof of concept is we started. Yeah. Right. We yeah. start and we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. So what what kind of processes did you pick for um, those initial kind of? Yeah. So I think. Uh, I have a very different um, philosophy okay. than maybe some. Yeah. Uh, so for for me and the way that I think that our business needed to move forward is financial services is a customer-facing business. Mm -hmm. We only exist to have customers. Right. And so we need to focus on where um, we have the most amount of value for our customers mm -hmm. and um, thin out all of our pain points that we have and those specific journeys. So, um, like I had shared in, in the session, yeah. right? Um, if you have a credit card, the one thing that you're guaranteed if you're using it is you're always going to have a payment. Sure. Right? Every yeah. month, you're going to have to make a payment. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, Citibank with um, the credit cards um, has millions of payments every single month, mm -hmm. which usually results in millions of phone calls, disconnects, questions, because something didn't go right. Mm -hmm. So we focused on our payments process first to really look at that is a guarantee of any customer who's active with us is going to have to pay. And how do we make sure that our process is as lean as possible and is giving customers the information they need mm -hmm. when they need it in order to be informed and feel like they can manage their finances on their own mm -hmm. and not need us to do things at an enterprise level, yeah. you have to have that scale yeah. and also cojones. <laughs> and yeah. so how did you, you didn't do a proof of concept because yeah. that's not the way we think. Right. How did you know that you could go ahead and just do this if that is gargantuan? Um, I think that maybe it's a little bit of me then, right? Yeah. Um, I think this is probably, and, and it's not to say that, um, you know, that I'm, I, I'm not, um, flawless, right? Sure. I have flaws. I make mistakes. Um, but in any uh, group or company that wants to put an automation practice in place, you need to have a leader who is fearless mm -hmm. and is willing to put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have someone who is not willing to take those risks, you may not be as successful as you would like to be. Okay. And so um, I'm willing to put myself out there and I believe in the team I have yeah. and um, I spend a lot of time supporting them and giving them whatever they need um, to make them successful. And obviously this is not a, a one woman show. I've got a really large organization behind me. Mm -hmm. But um, it's really important that you put someone in place that understands the vision, how you're going to get there, and then can empower the team to deliver it. If we're going to go big or go home, yeah, which is what you did, yeah. what advice would you give to your colleagues if there are three key principles of my finger is up and it's about to press go yeah. on this big, huge thing that we're yeah. really doing here? What would be that advice? What three key principles would they be? What would you tell people? 
Um, what I would say is you need to define your design principles. Okay. Um, it's really easy to say you want to do any of this automation, but it's another thing to understand your design principles from both a business as well as a technical perspective. Mm -hmm. Having those design principles sets the guardrails for the entire team, uh, knowing when they're kind of falling in, falling in line, if you will, or they're outside. Mm -hmm. um, so setting design principles is really critical. Um, finding the right partners. Mm -hmm. uh, you, if this is a new journey for you, you haven't done it before, don't pretend like you can do this on your own, <laughs> right? right? Um, there is no level of reskilling for you to be able to do this on your own. Right. Um, who did you choose if we want to go there? I'm not going to tell you. Who no, that's was. fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask. <laughs> but, you don't yeah. have to answer. That's yeah. how this goes. Yep. Sure. Um, so, but choose the partner that works for you. That correct. Okay. And choosing a partner is more about your trust in them. Okay. Because what it, what is the success for any team and any type of endeavor on like this is. Um, having, you know, candor with the people that work for you, and that includes, you know, the partners you may engage mm -hmm. with, um, and having trust in them. Mm -hmm. If you don't trust the people you're working with, then... What are we doing here? Exactly, right. exactly. So, uh, um, so design principles, pick a great vendor mm -hmm. um, that um, can help you if you can afford to have one. Mm -hmm. And then the next piece would be, um, do not underestimate the level of business analysis and thought process you need to put in to the work before you go. Got it. There's also all this other work that we're going to be needing to do mm -hmm. when we engage in this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be painstaking. Yes. Yeah. I mean, w when we started off, I told the team that um, the first 12 weeks are going to suck. Okay. <laughs> so if we're all prepared for it to suck, yes. then when we're done with it, you won't say, God, that really sucked. Why didn't anyone tell me? Right. And what, what's amazing is that when you prepare them for the suck factor, right? Sure, sure. Um, that's an industry term, by the way. It's an industry term, <laughs> yeah. it is. Uh, when we were done with um, the first, like, 12 weeks of the work, they were all like, actually, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. Right, because you prepared them for the worst, essentially. Exactly, right. exactly. That's fantastic. And it, it's also like when you prepare them for the worst, it's giving them the luxury to know that up front you're expecting some failures. Right. And so no one's afraid to fail. Perfect. Listen, I know that this is going to be a mess. Yeah. Let's just do this. Yeah. Let's yeah. just do it. Right. And when it's a mess and the executives don't understand how we spent all this money and they got nothing for it. Keep going. I will take the heat there for it go. and you guys keep going. There Learn we from go. what we what we just did. I love it. I yep. love that. All right. So what else have we added? But really more appropriately, I think, for you is where is your mind with cognitive, with machine learning, with that next step into AI? Yeah, so um, talk about this quite frequently. So oh, good. that's the, the shiny toy that everyone likes, um, especially salespeople and marketers like to wave in front sure. of the executives' faces these yeah, days. Right. Um, and so that is on our journey and on our path. It's mm. probably something that we're really going to start looking at in 2018. Fine. Um, but what I would say is you wouldn't take a five-year-old out of kindergarten and throw them into college. Right. So if you don't have good data, you don't understand what your business does, you're going to be wasting a lot of time and a lot of money trying to go straight into machine learning and um, cognitive, you know, cognitive AI or, you know, cognitive bots, whatever the new soup du jour is that people want to sell. Right. 
Um, what, what it comes down to is really understanding what the core commodities of your business are, how they operate, the data that supports them, make, making sure that you have at least some cleanse data around that. Yeah. And even if you start with some basic rules processing, it's on the continuum, right? Um, starting with rules processing, starting to get smarter, having better data, running your analytics will only prepare you to be able to move into that journey. So that's part of what we're doing is, you know, we've got places where we know are good candidates for uh, natural language processing or machine learning, mm -hmm. but we're starting with rules because we're dumb right now. And I can't possibly teach a system to be smarter than me <laughs> if I'm dumb, right? right? Yeah. Um, and I don't know why we think it's like, um, at times it feels like that infomercial on the set it and forget it, yeah. right? Where we just feel like we're just gonna plug this machine into the outlet and suddenly it learns everything about what we do and makes decisions for me. It's, that's not the case, you have to teach it. And you can only teach someone something that you know. There you go. Yep. I am uh, officially in the Kelly Swit fan club. <laughs> I am unabashedly a uh, fan. I don't know if I'm your number one fan. There's probably many others in the group. Right? There are. We call it, the, it's actually a family okay. at City. We call it the family. The family. Yeah. Okay. And, and it kind of, it makes me laugh because I'm from Chicago and so sure. everyone thinks about the gangsters, right? Al Capone, exactly. Uh, exactly. Right, yeah. So, but we do, and, and part of that culture, right, of calling it a family is because families are honest yeah. and open and yeah. are vulnerable with each other. Uh, but it also means that, you know, they're, they're telling the truth to each other. Yes, they so, are. Um, so, yeah, but you, you're more than welcome to join the family. I very much appreciate yeah. that. I, I really, I take that seriously. <laughs> so I have three final questions for you. Okay. I'll tell you what they are, and then okay. I'll ask you them in order. All right. Along the way, we didn't talk a ton about your career, but yeah. we hit on the points that we needed to talk about. Yep. But along the way of the whole thing, what's most surprised you at work? What's most surprised you in life? And then on the soundtrack of your life, one track, one song that's got to be on there. But first things first. Yeah. Along the way, what's most surprised you at work? Uh, so at work, um, what I would say is that uh, do not underestimate people. Okay. Uh, my degree was in journalism, mm -hmm. yet I'm doing technology work. Yeah. So um, would I have ever thought that this is where I would end up? Absolutely not. I remember sitting in college with friends that had computer science degrees going, ugh, you're going in your coding. That's so boring. Um, but now here I am. It's like super fun and exciting. And I have a ton of passion for what, um, what my team is doing. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that's probably the biggest shocker to me is that the journey that I've been on, um, I was always that person that always wanted to change everything. Yeah. Um, and I guess I should have assumed that it would naturally lead me into some type of um, technical, more technical job. But Sure. Well, that's hindsight, right? Yeah, hindsight. 2020. Exactly. There I, you I go. I think my boss probably could have told me that. <laughs> yes, of um, so. <laughs> and everyone's boss could have told them anything Absolutely. and everything. There Absolutely. You go. This is just how yeah. life goes, Kelly. Exactly. So. What's um, most surprised you in life? Most surprised me in life? Yeah. Um, I would say what surprises me most in life is um, watching my kids and like seeing how quickly they pick up on things. Yeah. And um, they how have a old lot are they? How what are we uh, talking about? I have a three, five, and seven year old. Oh, so you've got three. You're outnumbered. Yes. No matter what. Yeah. And these are like uh, starting to be humans. 
Oh yeah, they're definitely humans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're definitely humans with um, really big personalities. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know where they get it. No, me neither. Yeah. Can't yeah. can't understand <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that they probably are the most surprising because I, you know I think that everyone has a conception of what life will be like when they have kids, mm-hmm. and then you have them, and um, it's just it's so much fun watching them turn into like these little people right. and. Um, seeing what they're interested in and trying to expose them to new things. And um, so I would say that's probably been the biggest surprise in life is just how much I feel like I learn about who I am and how people view me by, like, talking with my kids and watching them and seeing how they're growing up. Huh. You're, yeah. So you're still learning every day? Is that every fair day. to say? Every right? day. Yeah. About yourself. Life. About myself, yeah. about my kids, yeah. how I, like, you know, when you watch the way my, like, when my kids interact with me and, like, how I make them feel, um, it, you know, I can't help but feel like this is how I want people that I work with to feel about me, right? Look at that. So. Lee Coulter calls that the work-life weave. Yes. You know? Yeah. Do both. Be present in both. Exactly. You know? Bring examples from each. Yeah. To the other. Yeah. Well, and I, I would say that's probably the one of my biggest struggles is that when you find um, a role that you're so passionate about, mm-hmm. it's really hard at times to balance. Not because, you know, you want work to take over your life, but when you love what you're doing so much, it's hard to separate mm. when it's your personal life versus your professional life. Yeah. So that's you got to keep trying. Yes. Right? Exactly. There you go. And the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. My soundtrack is Queen. Uh-huh. It's actually my karaoke song. Is it Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody? No. It's because Don't Stop Me Now. Is that Don't Stop Me Now? Yeah. Oh, I know that. Yeah. And that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Of course. That's Mako Shark. Yes. This whole thing is, we just put a bow on this whole thing. That's what I do. Kelly Swit. <laughs> what a pleasure. Yeah. It was great meeting with you. Thank you for interviewing me. And there you have Kelly Swit. When you prepare them for the worst, it's giving them the luxury to know that up front you're expecting some failures. So no one is afraid to fail. The Mako Shark herself, Kelly Swit, very much appreciate her time, appreciate yours. Stay tuned.